So good evening, everyone. Can can you all hear me? Can everybody in the this this is this is the the sanghas that I'm affiliated with. I, I can tell them I'm starting to raise my voice. <laughs> I want to shout at you. Is is we're just returning to hybrid form, and usually I'm in the room. So this this is a really uh, and you guys have TVs and I'm I'm in. Pressed. Uh, if if J Jim, you'll tell me if for any reason is something I need to know because I'm sitting here in Sebastopol, actually Occidental California, and I'm really uh, uh, so pleased to be here with all of you. Uh, thought it was great. Uh, I think I'm terrible at names, but was it Sarah who was making the announcements? Right. And 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 the the question was is that people could turn to a board a member and ask why are you here something like that. I thought that's a great Dharma question. So why why are you here and what are we doing, and what in the world does this have to do with? Uh, anything. What's it have to do with the suffering of the world? What's it have to do with alleviating suffering? What's it have to do with waking up and what in the world does that mean? Uh, we're in the midst of an amazing spring bloom here. You must be experiencing the same thing in Sacramento, I would imagine, maybe even a little ahead. You're a little warmer than us. And we're in the midst of, as everyone knows, uh, what can sometimes seem like the world backsliding into things that we thought that we were done with in terms of human suffering, or we hoped we were done with. So uh, I am uh, teaching the seminar, co-teaching the seminar at Everyday Zen this month. And part of what we're focusing on is the Ehe Kosu Hotsuganan Mon. Um, I thought I would bring it to you too. I think it's, a re it's, a, it's very beautiful and we'll chant it in a minute, but I wanna give some uh, background, some ground to it. Uh, it uh, is from Dogen's Shobogenzo Fascicle Number Ten, Valley Sounds and Mountain Color, Mountain Colors, which I would recommend. Uh, it's one of his earlier fascicles. It was written in 1247, and it was a time of great political turmoil in Japan. So one might imagine it might be a good one to turn towards. So what's Dogen have to say about all this? And he points to the ancestors. Now we're pointing to him because he's the ancestors. And we're all pointing to each other because surely somebody must know something. <laughs> and we each have to take responsibility uh, in this life on your cushion with your breath. 
So what are we doing here? Uh, the fascicle begins with, one of the early uh, things that it begins with, is this. Dogen says, at this very moment, at this very moment, not that very moment, not this coming very moment, at this very moment, manifests. So this is what Dogen and the ancestors are encouraging us to manifest in this moment and this moment and this moment. I don't know. Not knowing is most intimate. To know is arrogance, to not know is stupidity. I don't know. Who doesn't know? You, you, me, have no expectations. Effort without desire. Put it down, keep putting it down. And the Buddha eye sees beyond seeing. What is this Buddha eye that includes our two eyes and dualistic seeing? Very human way of perceiving, setting one thing up against the other. But what is the Buddha eye? And then Dogen says this experience, not this thought, not this concept, not this agenda, experience, direct, immediate experience. That's the beauty in the training of Zazen. You just sit yourself down. Sit this self down in Buddha's lap. Experience what it is to sit on this spot on the earth with and for all beings. This experience is beyond the realm of human thinking. I think we probably, some of us, Dogen's think non-thinking. What what is it? <coughs> so, uh, having said that, sitting in our strong, grounded, upright, present, open heart, soft belly, uh, let's uh, chant the Ehe Kosu Hutsugon Mon together. And uh, I think if you put it up on the shared screen, I'll chant it and you in the room can chant it together. I have no idea what this great experiment will sound like, or, but we'll see what happens. I'm encouraging you just to let it wash over you and through you. And I'll spend a little bit of time taking it apart. And on my shared screen, I don't see it. All I see is, uh, looks like San Francisco Zen Center in a gray line. But maybe I'll go ahead and chant it, because you all have it in the room, and the rest of you on Zoom. Maybe we could take down the shared screen if it's not working. Uh, our screen here in the room. It's on? Yeah. Huh, interesting. It's not on mine. Well, anyway, I have a copy of it here. Okay. Hmm. 
Maybe we'll chant it in Gosho because it begins, we vow. We vow with all beings from this life on throughout countless lives to hear the true Dharma, that upon hearing it, no doubt will arise in us and nor will we lack in faith, that upon meeting it, we shall renounce worldly affairs and maintain the Buddha Dharma and that in doing so, the great earth and all living beings together will attain the Buddha way. Although our past evil karma has greatly accumulated, indeed letting the cause, cause and condition of obstacles in practicing the way, may all Buddhas and ancestors who have attained the way be compassionate to us and free us from karmic effects allowing us to practice the way without hindrance. May they share with us their compassion, which fills the boundless universe with the virtue of their enlightenment and teachings. Buddhas and ancestors of old were as we, and we in the future shall be Buddhas and ancestors. Revering Buddhas and ancestors, we are one Buddha and one ancestor. Awakening Bodhi mind, we are one Bodhi mind. Because they extend their compassion to us freely and without limit, we are able to attain Buddhahood and let go of the attainment. Therefore, the Chan Master Lung Yao said, those who in past lives were not enlightened will now be enlightened. But you and me. In this life, save the body, which is the fruit of many lives. Before Buddhas were enlightened, they were the same as we. Enlightened people of today are exactly as those of old. Quietly explore the furthest reaches of these causes and conditions, as this practice is the exact transmission of a verified Buddha. Confessing and repenting in this way one never fails to receive profound help from all Buddhas and ancestors. By revealing and disclosing our lack of faith and practice before the Buddha, we melt away the root of transgressions by the power of our confession and repentance. Practice the true of faith of the true body of faith. And now you have it. The little luck maybe you don't know anything more and you know a little less. <laughs> well, let me say a few things about it because we could study this for a long time. So I want to note that this begins with we vow. We vow with all beings. We together with all beings from this life and through countless lives. I vow, but I vow with you and I vow with the whole world. And we've been doing this forever and ever and ever. It looks like we just met. 
I have deep faith <laughs> that this is an endless, beautiful circle of practice. And that no matter what we think the world looks like, good, bad, otherwise, sometimes we like it, sometimes we don't, I vow with all beings to hear the true Dharma. So this hearing the true Dharma I like to think of Avalokiteshvara's thousand hands and eyes, full body. Please hear with your ears, but hear with your cells. Hear with your skin and bone and flesh and marrow. Let it go all the way through. Let life come in close. Intimate. Because where you are, and I am, and each being is, complete and perfect uh, intersection, beyond intersection, of just this body, just this mind, just this time, just this karma, and a boundless, incomprehensible, empty mystery that you may have flashes of, a remembering, like it's a good friend that you've known your whole life, but you can't quite get a grasp of. And then it disappears and you're right back in this body. It feels like you're as confused as you ever were. <laughs> How could you be thinking these thoughts? And then you take another breath and you let go at the end of the exhale and it's wide open. Then you take an inhale and here we are. But the practice is, I don't know, here. No expectations beyond seeing, beyond thought, as this moment manifests. An ever-deepening, giving oneself, embodied understanding. That's beyond understanding. Maybe in the deepest bodhisattva sense, the understanding of there's no over there. Cause of deep confusion enormous suffering. So it's a little uh, concerning, maybe, uh, in when it says, uh, upon hearing this, no doubt will arise in us. <laughs> this is not saying, please swallow this lock, stock, and sink, sinker. Yeah. Uh, please doubt. Great doubt. What are we doing here? How can we be of help? What does that mean? Who is there to help? What would help look like anyway?
But what goes beyond small doubt is as we look more and more deeply, <coughs> and maybe it's one of the blessings of living in a time of pandemics and talk of great wars again is you can't go to sleep and things are going pretty well it's pretty easy but even in those times if you look deeply really you see what the Buddha saw birth will end in death Youth will end in old age. Meetings will end in separation. Wealth will end in loss. And all things in cyclic existence are transient and impermanent. The more you know this, not with your mind, but with your heart, you lose someone you love. You realize you can't hang on to this. Kogan says, what you do is you say, I vow. I vow. To hear the true Dharma. To hear the sounds and cries of the world. To see with the Buddha eye. To see truly and deeply. Just to see each being as Buddha. See yourself as Buddha. Good heavens. To go beyond you and me thinking. I, one of my most favorite, uh, well, I have many favorite Suzuki Roshi sayings, is that one of the things he said about vowing and the, pre, and the Bodhisattva vows is, is uh, he, he said, because Bodhisattva vows, as we all know, are completely impossible. Why in the world would you do that? He says, if you think you can't do it, it's arrogance. You just each moment say, yes, I will. I vow immediately with all beings. Yes, I will. Just here. Here. This moment. Immediate, close, no gap. Zazen, enacted and embodied in each moment. And then Dogen says, or in addition, Dogen says, that we won't lack in faith. Now, I think fundamentally, Buddhism, deep practice, is a faith practice. But I think probably a lot of people think that's heresy because we connect that with some of our upbringing and it brings up all kinds of stuff. One of the things in the ordination Jukai ceremony, uh, I don't know what ceremony you all use, but it says, in faith that we are Buddha, we enter Buddha's way. Just, yes, I vow. Yes, I will. And the reason we do it is because we understand there's no getting out of this alive. And we're all profoundly in the same boat. 
and our heart starts to quicken and break. Because if you think you can do this practice, I've been doing this for a long time, <laughs> came from a generation where I think most of us were trying to go over our lives, <laughs> trying to get out of these lives. Maybe we would be very Zen and very still. We just sat up straight enough and followed the forms. You're gonna miss the whole world if you don't know that this is a body practice, which means sitting. Forms, feelings, sensations, impulses, consciousness. To experience the depth and beauty and grief and love all the way through of being alive. Bodhi mind, bodhicitta mind. Uh, one of the definitions of bodhicitta I say to people, I always had this feeling the bodhicitta would be something would arise and I would just feel complete joy. And I do feel more joy now than I ever did before, but I also feel more sadness than I ever felt before. One definition of bodhicitta is the genuine heart of sadness, which I think is, you might imagine that's what the Buddha felt when he went out snuck out of his perfect little life and experienced sickness, aging, and death. And what he wanted to do, and what Dogen suggests, is wanting to renounce worldly affairs and to maintain and live the Buddha Dharma so that the great earth and all living beings together will attain and wake up to the Buddha way. That we might all wake up and treat each other with dignity and goodness and love. Dogen says, quietly explore the farthest reaches of these causes and conditions. Confess and repent. I am imagining that when you do the full moon ceremony and when you do, uh, when you take vows, you do uh, the verse of repentance. The way I say it is all my ancient twisted karma <clears throat> from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion born through body, speech, and mind, I now fully avow all my ancient twisted karma from beginningless greed, hate, and delusion. I am a human being. Wake up exactly in this human body, right in the midst of all of this mess, this mud. And when you do that, and when we do that, over and over, because we remember and we forget, Dogen says one never fails to receive profound help from all Buddhas and ancestors. So I love that in the full moon ceremony, 
and in vowing ceremonies that after you repent, then you call out for help to all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas because you know that you can't do this by yourself. You know that you need help. And the amazing thing to me is, is that there is always help right here. If we could just stop thinking we know what's going on and going round and round and round and trying to make the same thing different by doing the same old thing, even though it looks different. I don't know. To listen deeply. Call and response, sending and receiving. Dogen says, you call out and say, may you share with us your compassion, which fills the boundless universe with the virtue of your enlightenment and teachings. Please help us. I think, what if we all just stopped periodically and said, will you please share your compassion with me? I don't even know who I'm talking to, but just to ask and to imagine for help, being with suffering, opening the heart, that there is a boundless universe that's right here, that's so much bigger than ours. Have, do, do you, do you, you must have, but sometimes it's very humbling to realize how many of our thoughts are self-centered. Stop and call out for help. And the world just gets bigger and more open. Revering Buddhas and ancestors, we are one Buddha and one ancestor. Revering, that's such a beautiful word. To revere. Zazen is revering the ancestors. Beautiful forms is reviewing, is revering the ancestors. The service and the bells. It's revering and saying thank you. Shakyamuni Buddha all the way down and Dogen and Suzuki Roshi and everybody in the Zendo and on Zoom. And the reason we revere them who is us is because they extend their compassion to us freely and without limit. And that if we want to wake up to our true nature, if we want to wake up with and for all beings, if we really want to bring into manifestation, which I think we do in our deepest hearts, love and kindness and caring, Just revere, bow to life as it is, fall down on the earth, get up by the earth, fall down on the earth, get up by the sky. Just being human together, being Buddhas together, don't know, but here I am, yes I will, filling the boundless universe with the virtue of love. When I first started practicing Buddhism many years ago, nobody said that word. I remember the first time I ever heard somebody say that word in a Dharma talk. 
We can say it now. I don't know if you guys say it, but I say it. But then investigate, what is it? What is this love that is Buddha love? This vowing love. And then Dogen says, I love this phrase too, save the body. I love anytime anybody uses the word body. Zen as I knew it in the early days was pretty heady. I think we're better, maybe, understanding we're in a body and this is a body practice. Save this body that is the fruit of many lives. Many lives of all beings, amoebas and dinosaurs and, and pterodactyls and elephants and endangered species and whales and you and me. The inherent dignity of all life. Save this body. So I wanted to share with you uh, the four great Bodhisattva vows, which we'll say at the end is a, a closing uh, end of lecture chant. And but I just found this this translation by Thich Nhat Hanh, and I like it a lot because it's so simple. It actually sounds maybe well, it's still impossible, but kind of doable. You want to hear it? However innumerable beings are, I vow to meet them with kindness and interest. We could do that, huh? Just meeting each thing with kindness and interest. However inexhaustible the states of suffering are, I vow to touch them with patience and love. Just touch each thing each state of mind, ourselves for goodness sakes, this self, all selves, with patience and love. However immeasurable the dharmas are, I vow to explore them deeply. I vow, yes I will, to look deeply, to listen deeply, forever, there's no end to this. What a great thing, you're never gonna get bored. There will always be something <laughs> that you can wake up every day and say, I vow to explore this world, all of it deeply. And however incomparable the mystery of interbeing, I vow to surrender to it freely. Now that one's a little harder. <laughs> that's, that's why you have sanghas, we, ha we help each other. Because when I can't surrender, maybe one of you can, and when one of you surrender, it reminds me that I could surrender and let go a little bit. And then maybe we influence the people outside your Dharma hall and outside the house and just keep letting go and letting go and letting go. Renouncing, revering, waking up in awe of being alive amazed at all life forms, coming and going and no coming and going, 
letting life come forward to reveal itself to us. Clear-eyed seeing, transforming, recognizing our humanity, our limitations, being honest all the way through, tenderized. Tenderized. I think that's what Zazen does, is gives us the courage and the upright strength and alignment with the earth and with all beings to finally let ourselves and our hearts be tenderized over and over. That's where the fearlessness part comes from. It's not no fear. Jizo's quality, one of the things I love about Jizo Bodhisattva is the quality of fearlessness. But it's because Jizo's fearless about going into hell realms. Just, yes, I will. That's all. Just take a breath. Jizo also has great optimism. Because Jizo also knows about goodness and joy that you can only know, it seems, in equal measure to the degree that you're willing to be tenderized by the suffering. Our hearts break and open, boundless and boundless and boundless. This is the pure and simple color of true practice, of the true mind of faith, of the true body of faith. I love that last line. Could maybe like that could be one of the things you put on your refrigerator <laughs> in your bathroom mirror you could memorize parts of it just as a kind of koan what what is this this is the pure and simple color of true practice this no couldn't be this 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 is the true mind of faith what is it what is this faith the Dogen is pointing towards. It's not a belief. It's not something to hang on to. It's active and alive. The pure body of faith. The body. Zazen is the clue. It has been passed down to us but it's not just on the cushion. What is it to live and breathe and actualize Zazen in just this moment, just this very life? So uh, I want to close with, you have, Jim said, and it's true, you have two chants. I wanted to close with one by uh, Zenju Earthling Manuel. It's her version of the Metta Sutta. And I think it's so beautiful and clear and uh, doesn't let you uh, avoid anything because she names it all. So maybe uh, if we could put that up on the screen. And I'll chant it. Chant for all beings. May all beings be cared for and loved, be listened to, understood, 
and acknowledged despite different views. Be accepted for who they are in this moment. Be afforded patience. Be allowed to live without fear of having their lives taken away or their bodies violated. May all beings be well in the broadest sense, be fed and clothed, be treated as if their life is precious, be treated in the eyes of each other as family. May all beings be appreciated, feel welcomed anywhere on the planet, be freed from acts of hatred and desperation, including war, poverty, slavery, and street crimes. Live on the planet housed and protected from harm. Be given what is needed to be, be given what is needed to live fully without scarcity. Enjoy life, living without fear of one another and be able to speak freely in a voice and mind of undeniable love. May all beings receive and share the gifts of life. Be given time to rest, be still and experience silence. May all beings be awake. Yes, I will. So if we do an end of lecture chant, do we do question and answers and then an end of lecture chant? Or this, this is a great Zen koan. <laughs> when do we do the end of lecture chant? Jim, enlighten me what we should do next. We usually uh, uh, do question and answer, and at the end of question and answer, we do the end of a lecture chant. Sounds good to me. That means you all are part of the lecture. Okay, go guys. What, what do you want to say? What do you want to ask? What should we talk about? Okay. I just want to make a parenthetical note for the benefit of the Sangha that um, the uh, fascicle that the Ehe Kosu Hotsugan Mon comes from is called the Sound of the Valley Streams. It's our namesake fascicle. <gasps> oh, well, there you go. Good work. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. You're welcome. Definitely need to study and read that fascicle. It's beautiful. But on in terms of your in terms of your talk, um, as you were uh, saying, you know, uh, awakening the true mind of faith, the true body of faith, or um, the last few lines, or uh, I um, I thought the arising of that. <clears throat> um, that awakening or that, uh, is that what it says? Does it say awakening or does it say arising or does it say, it just it says this is it. This, this is. is the pure and simple color of true practice of the true mind of faith, of the true body of faith. That that this, <laughs> that this uh, comes from uh, our our willingness to face everything everything that's uh, arising for us and everything that we want to see and everything that we don't want to see. In other words, looking at the self. And that's, and the willingness, just, you know, 
the willingness to look at at everything that's arising to me that's 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 where that's that's faith you have to have faith you have to have faith to look at everything and it's why we need help because i can look at everything till i meet something that i don't want to look at <laughs> and that's the place where you call out because right. that's what the pure mind of faith says and this and this too look at everything Buddha but don't ask me to look at this this one's too hard um, uh, this is Oscar uh, sitting in the Zendo hi um, I don't know whether it's a question or a statement um, but this um, not knowing of what you speak it seems like um, it's never quite attained, it's always just coming for me and always being lost every moment when I'm paying attention, um, when I'm not lost. Um, there's, because every moment brings a new impulse to grab onto something to know. Um, so it's um, it's a continuing <laughs> a continuing dialogue and blossoming and uh, and uh, I just want to say thank you very much for for your compassion and teaching tonight. I, the only thing I would add to that is is probably you can remember I can remember when I didn't even know that I was grasping. It was just like, so, so we're all waking up in the mud and remembering and forgetting and what an amazing thing to be alive and to not waste this life and being lost and found and really sweet to practice with you. Okay, thank you for the talk. Um, I wanted to share with you um, a couple of things that came up for me in a very uh, personal way. Um, I My mother was one of 12, and... <clears throat> I just lost my last uncle, so now there's two left. Um, so I've been sitting for many decades with deep grief, you know, living through a family holocaust. And um, this particularly stood out for me. Um, Buddhas and ancestors of old were as we we in the future shall be Buddhas and ancestors. And 
I'm coming to a place in my life where I'm becoming the elder and knowing that then I will become the ancestor. So I don't have anything more to say than that about just how deeply that I can sit with that. Um, so thank you for that. And then you mentioned the word love. Uh, I'm a forensic psychologist, mm -hmm. and I work in psychiatric inpatient units, um, hospitals. And I'm often asked, like, how can you do that? Like, what do you do? And one of the things that I'm allowing myself to embody more and more is that I love my patients. I mean, they're locked away. They're for society's safety. And yet I'm finding, and I think always have since day one, known how to love them. And um, I'm shy about saying that to people, right? Because you're not supposed to love rapists and murderers and pedophiles. Um, but I do. So I wanted to also thank you for bringing that forward in, in being able to say the word love in spaces where often it's not allowed. I thank you so much for your bodhisattva heart. It's, we're all helping each other to keep expanding the edges of our hearts and to meet that which, well, I'll love this far, but not that far. And I think uh, it's one of the reasons I work with vets. You know, some, something will take you to the edge and then you're there with another human being and with your own. Uh, and their suffering and pain. So I really uh, bow to you deeply for your work uh, on every level. And your grief. It opens the gates. You can't bypass grief. I don't see any more hands here in the room. I looked around. Oh, here comes one. Hi, I don't know how far the camera goes. So I'm in the Zendo. I don't know if you can see me or not. My name is Dunya. Um, I had a question about surrender because when I talk 
when I listen to your talk today, you know, my heart feels uncovered and present and leaned in and willing. But, you know, sometimes um, when the rubber's hitting the road, <laughs> the heart's not in that place. You know, sometimes like there's, I call this bad attitude when you don't want to, you know, you know, you're supposed to want to, but you don't. <laughs> and you can even play games with yourself with that, both on the cushion and off where you think you're letting go of it, but are you letting go all the way? Or are you still not quite there? And I got an email from an old, old friend um, this is a long story, but the point is I'm trying to write back to this person and I really want to say something genuine and heartfelt. We went to college together and tried to outsmart each other and always had a kind of rivalry and she wrote a book about it and it was shortlisted for the Pulitzer Prize and I had really mixed feelings about this. I became a character. She just changed my name. That's all she changed. And now a sequel is coming out. I'm like, great. You know, which we're going to get into our sex lives apparently. So she's like, oh, by the way, the sequel's coming out. Do you want a, an advanced copy? And I'm like, oh. And I'd really like to reach beyond this whole thing. What we were trying to look like to each other, what she's written up, what it looks like to the world. We loved each other. We were so confused that we tried to look clever and be cool and she wrote a book about it now which is a whole other thing but beyond all of that I'm just like can we just let go of all that but whatever I think of writing I'm not sure I'm fully surrendered that I'm not still trying to look good to myself at least and then I think maybe I just didn't write anything but then that's a cop-out too so how do you know if you're like fully surrendered? If that assume, makes assume you're not. <laughs> assume I'm not, especially since I know it's probably gonna end up in another sequel, right? Whatever I write is just gonna be another book. Um so anyway, but yes, yes, you know, you're always like, Am I fully sincere? And yet you should say something, you know. So I don't know. It's a weird story, but there it is. Well, one, I think laughter is a nice mark of uh, some spaciousness. <laughs> I never used to be able to laugh. <laughs> and I'm learning how to cry more fully. And, you know, I think this I so much wants to surrender, as much as it wants to hang on to itself, <laughs> because it, do it does. It's a self, for goodness sakes. I, I think sitting on a cushion. It's like sitting Tongario before you go to Tassajara or just sit, sit with the confusion, with the pain, with the love, with wanting to surrender and not knowing how to do it. Is there, there is something about, there's a, there's a kind of, uh, well, wisdom. 
And in the whole absurd situation, there's a teaching too, because I was mad that in the first book, she put letters I'd written her into the book and said she wrote them. I was a character. I'd written those letters. And then she was listed for the Pulitzer Prize. And then I was like, oh, I invented myself. And I feel like someone's plagiarizing it. But the truth is, like, I'd fabricated something. She'd fabricated something. I'm not that. I'm not any of this. Like, nor do I particularly need to own it. You know, so it's just kind of letting go of like my own fabrications, my own projections of what my life is, my sense of ownership of the f- person I created, which is actually kind of a very fascinating lesson. So. There's a kind of fierceness of sitting with something all the way through of having insights into emptiness, of having insights into karma, into delusion. Uh, sit, sit, sit with it and ask for help. I mean, in the deepest sense, and then listen with your whole body. Because there's a lot here and you have a lot of insight. And sit, sit, sit with it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Don't sit with it forever. (laughs) But breathe with it and be willing to be surprised. Of course, now we all want to read the book. (laughs) (laughs) That was very funny. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. (laughs) 